Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everybody, welcome back to A Little Better. I hope that we are finding you healthy and well and quarantined. Uh, We're recording this on Monday the 23rd. I'm telling you that because every day it seems like, actually every couple seconds, it feels like there's new information. So just in case anything we say ends up sounding ridiculous, you'll know that we probably didn't know about that news that you now know about. But we're back to kind of the normal setup. Drew, you're back with us. Say hello. What's up, everybody? Good to be here. We are still recording remotely, so if we're talking over each other or the audio quality isn't that great, sorry about that. We are trying our best to abide by the restrictions and staying in our homes. So Drew's back in his master bedroom closet. Yeah, I am. It's beautiful in here. <laughs> and nicely nicely sound uh, deflecting with the clothes in there. But um, hey, actually kind of a fun side note as we're getting started. Today, March the 23rd, is actually... Laura Karshner's birthday. What do you got planned for her, man? Well, my mom is currently with my brother, Barry, so we should all pray for her first and foremost. <laughs> um, but our whole family is going to um, virtually, speaking of isolation, can't get together for mom's birthday, which is hard because dad just died, which makes you know things a little more significant. But we're all virtually gathering to sing happy birthday to her, light some candles, and, and wish her a happy birthday. That is so awesome. So everybody, if you're friends with Laura Karshner on Facebook or whatever, make sure you reach out, uh, say happy birthday, be encouraging her. And we all know that um, singing happy birthday over Google Hangouts is definitely going to go well. So um, just pray for that whole experience. I'm sure it's going to sound awesome. <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, what is there any birthday traditions in the Karshner house? Are they gonna? I think I saw something about some some ribs getting smoked or something. Is that a thing? That was yesterday. Barry smoked oh, okay. some ribs for my mom. But uh, the big thing in our house was when it was your birthday. Um, it meant Dad had to let release his control of the TV remote and give it to whoever's birthday it was. And that was a big deal in the Karshner household. You got the remote for the full day. You got to watch whatever you wanted. So. Nice. Okay, Laura, enjoy whatever it is your TV show is. Enjoy it today. All right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So Drew, we're obviously in isolation. I would love for you. Well, isolation, isolation makes it sound like there's, it's just us alone in a house or something, but we're trying to, we're trying to be safe in our house, social distancing. What is your work from home setup? Like we've talked about this a little bit, but when you got the, a week ago today, when you were told, or the decision was made, probably by you. Um, we're all going to be working from home. Um, what did you pick up from the office and bring back? Cause you were like, all right, here we go. I've got to work from home. Um, I took my normal stuff home. Um, I usually bring my laptop, my chargers, um, you know, my iPad back with me. Um, pretty much everything I do, I can do from those things. So I, I wasn't grabbing too much and I kind of set up shop in Joel and Ashley's like homeschool classroom office area. It's got a round table in it, some built-ins and just kind of set up my camp there to hunker down for who knows how long. Okay. So your setup was a computer, if I'm understanding, just a single computer and an iPad. 
I mean, I have a microphone in there that you gave me, Aaron, that doesn't work. Thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> Don't call me out. I, 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 I didn't want to, but you were making fun of my setup, and then no, I was like, okay, I, I was you're going to make fun just... of my setup. It's because you gave me improper failing equipment. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I just gave you, uh, there were two microphones. I gave you one. I gave myself one. Aaron, can I ask the you big... a question? Does your yes. microphone that you gave yourself work? Yes, it does. <laughs> hmm. Do you hear that, audience? Aaron's works. Uh, mine does not. Okay. Well, sounds just like a because coup. the box, the box that I gave you, all it said on it was broken. I, how was I supposed <laughs> to know that it was broken? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm. I just wanted to make sure that I was understanding you. I was not trying to make fun of you because it's just a perfect illustration of the differences between us. Again, once again, because when I got the order, I went to my office. I picked up two computer monitors a Thunderbolt dock, a computer stand, uh, multiple adapters for the various display ports, a phone charger, a l- desk lamp. I have a, I have a monitor in portrait and in landscape mode, as well as my computer. I also got a windscreen for the microphone that I picked up, which I also did not get you a windscreen for the microphone yeah. and, uh, my wireless keyboard and mouse and uh, multiple means of headphones. So th- that's what that's what I'm currently looking at. And you're <laughs> in a closet with a computer. <laughs> hey, I came just like Jesus to serve and not be served. So okay, okay, yep. <laughs> no, this is just a perfect illustration. On I on Monday, I sent a photo to Drew. I was like, I'm ready to go. Like one of our first meetings last week, and he's like. I have my computer. <laughs> what else do you need? Ah, uh, classic. We are not the same person. All right. Next thing. Uh, On to something less ridiculous. On Sunday, you gave people an opportunity to come to faith in Christ. Total gear shift here. We're going to something so much more serious. Um, tell us, you, you put your email out there. So how, how did that go? Did anybody reach out to you? Give us the story here, man. Yeah, I think Sunday was a super exciting day for me um, because multiple reasons, like you got great engagement on our on online campus, our only campus yeah. currently right now. Um, but, you know, every time like as a pastor, when you preach the gospel, as much as you don't want to sound like your identity is in, if people respond, you kind of hope they do. And, and one, because you're you're a selfish, prideful person, but also because you want to see God use this in in awesome ways. And, um, as of right now, we had eight people say yes to Jesus and man, it was so exciting to just get those messages from people. And that's a big step for people. Like that's not easy email to send. It's, it takes courage and boldness and man, it was so stinking awesome. I was so pumped when every one of those emails came out. I know you're a part of that, the group message that I was just like, another one, another one guys, another one. So <laughs> I know it was like the middle of the day and I kept getting another one in all caps. I was like, at some point my emote, like my fire emojis or my let's go are going to get old. I think I stopped responding. But no, that is super exciting. And thank you for, um, you've actually said to the team that helps give feedback for sermons, you even said like, hey guys, hold me accountable in this season where we've got maybe people joining in in a very difficult time of their life. I want to give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel every week. And I love that heart that you have for people far from God. It's one that I'm constantly challenged by because that isn't my initial leaning. And so I love it. I just love that I've even heard you say in multiple meetings, like, 
look, this is a kind of a scary and trying time for our church and for our community, but I want to be charging up the next hill in the middle of it. Like, let's take ground during this time. So thanks for inspiring us in that way. Um, yeah, it's also a great reminder that God is working in people's lives. It's so easy to to become selfish and, you know, think about us and man, God, God can use these times. He knew this was coming and he knows what's in people's hearts. And who it's just so exciting to see him work in the midst of everybody's fears and, and, and panic. I love that. And actually it's bigger than just our church, right? Like I've heard you talk about some connections that are happening in a unique way between Rochester area pastors. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, I've been in a, a, a zoom call with, you know, 30 pastors around the Rochester area, some that I haven't even ever met personally before. And we're all rallying together, praying for each other, coming up with ideas, sharing ideas. We're being the church. And, you know, sometimes in the church world, it can get competitive. As sad as that is, it does. But man, we are rallying as the church saying, hey, what can we do to support each other, love each other? Um, And it's been awesome. It really has. Yeah, that's pretty cool, especially... I've, I can lose sight of this, but in some ways, um, the Rochester area is obviously not very churched. And so a church of our size is among the larger in the area. So in some ways, there are churches looking to us for you know, help or guidance. And I love that you've been able to share some of the resources that even people on our team have put together. But like, here, like Jason DeGraff made that that guide of how to do groups online, which he did because that's what gets to be his sole focus. And you could share that with other pastors. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. All right, so let's jump into some conversation related to the sermon from Sunday. Um, Jesus' temptation, there was all the footage from the Judean wilderness and the Jordan River, which, by the way, dude, how cold was that Jordan River? Take us back to that moment. I mean, just go jump in Lake Ontario right now, and you'll know how cold it was. It was freezing. Like, I, I don't ever want this footage to come out. I know Connor has blackmail on me. When I was getting in that water, I was screaming like a little girl. <laughs> Asking if I could just go into my knees. They <laughs> He's obviously like, Guys, do I really said have no. to go in this deep? <laughs> and you're, the Jordan River is deep. It's amazing. Like, all you got to do is step like a foot offshore and you're like about to like go in the water. And it was rat. Like, it doesn't look from the videos like that water's moving, but that water will take, if you go in and uh, you start swimming, you're going to start rolling with the Jordan River. It's taking you. It's pretty strong. Yeah, I loved the movie magic of that because it definitely looked like you were in some ways kind of like in the middle of the river. I'm going to estimate, I mean, you could touch the shoreline, right? I mean, no, you were an arm's would, length away, right? About an arm's length away. I probably couldn't touch the shore, um, but I was pretty close to the edge. Yeah, so you're within, you know, three or four feet from the edge and you were up like mid belly and you were, it was funny because you kept saying, if I take one more step, I'm just going over my head. <laughs> we I, had to yeah, like get you for, and I think we need to perfectly give, positioned. I think we need to give Connor a little honor too. He was in that water with a camera. So, I mean, he wasn't in as deep as I was, but I saw those white thighs in that water as well. <laughs> That's very true. We also have photographic evidence of that, which we hope to to keep sealed in the files for all of history, if possible. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I loved that and that moment of being able to see the Jordan River and what that looked like. Um, but you, you said in there that his baptism declared his identity, but his temptation established his credibility. And I was just wondering, like, in what sense? Obviously, we didn't have time to really, like, flesh that out too much. But in what sense would his temptation establish credibility? 
Well, I think he shows that he was the son of God, fully perfect, that he was able to withstand something that we so many times aren't able to withstand. So how many times in our lives as, as you know, even followers of Christ, does the devil tempt us and we fail? And I think what, what, how God established his son's credibility was, man, for 40 days, being starving alone in the hot desert areas, like those are all things that would often make me be angry, mad, sinful, like all those things. Jesus took them all on and said no to the devil over and over and over and over again. And I think it just shows you, man, this is the son of God. Like he, he can live in with the temptation that we face and still say no. Yeah. I love it. And even in other scriptures that talk about how Jesus was like us and ever tempted just as we are yet without sin, you know, mm-hmm. and that would be a, that would be an easy statement to make and be like, wow, but was he really tempted like us? And no, no, actually he got it worse. He got the devil himself for 40 days yeah. while starving and, and like smoking hot. That would have been no, no kind of fun. That's a breeding um, ground for sin for me. Hungry, <laughs> hot, like game over. I lost. Hungry, hot and alone. Any one of those three and I'm done. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Okay. So just going back to the fact of you being able to be there, which is, you know, such a privilege, um, how did seeing or experiencing the Judean desert now that you've been there a couple times, how does that change your view of this passage? How does that bring it to life for you? I would think for me, you know, I talked about this a little bit, the wilderness, I always thought it would be, you know, green pastures, lush vegetation. So like the actual picture in my head changed, but also just the circumstances that Jesus faced. I mean, we were there in the middle of winter, and I was sweating like hot just doesn't describe like in Rochester, it gets hot in the summertime. But like when you're in a place void of really any usable or drinkable water and the sun is beating down on your face and you can't get away from it. And just the the, the gravity of what Jesus was facing, I think, really came alive for me without, you know, food. Um, I just think that's it just kind of makes it come alive how, how bad it might've been. Yeah. And the context of the Jordan river being right there, but at the same time he was led into the wilderness. Like he was led away from the water and that water, the the Jordan river actually runs down to the dead sea and his baptismal site is near the dead sea. So we're talking about the lowest pace on planet earth, (laughs) literally. And he's there you know, experiencing all this temptation. And I love, um, just the fact that that footage was, it's so helpful to help us to understand what was happening in the context. And right, even that's the, the stone, value of, even the stones becoming bread, like that oh, picture yeah. of like every single, there are zillions of stones. Like, I mean, it, <laughs> it just comes alive. Exactly. I was, although you picked up a small one and if I'm Jesus and I'm that hungry, I'm not picking a small one, man. I'm picking a, I'm picking a boulder, bro. (laughs) I'm picking a bread bowl here. That takes baguette Uh, to a whole nother level. Yes. I'm picking a boulder. I'm making a bread bowl. I'm eating out the inside (laughs) and I'm sleeping in it. (laughs) Okay. This is getting weird. Um, let's move on to, um, just kind of actually more of an application question, I guess. Um, in this time of social isolation, we're in our homes. This is pretty personal, but I'm just wondering, like, how are you being tempted during this time? Jesus was tempted during a time of testing. I feel like for our entire nation and for our church, this is a time of testing. How about for you? Are, how are you being tempted right now? Yeah, I think 
the first way would just be relationally. Um, I'm not used to being with my kids and my wife like all the 24/7. time. 24-7, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and, you know, like I've enjoyed it. It's been great because I get more time, intentional time with my family, but I don't get a break either. Um, and our kids are young, so we have kids that are five, you know, three and two, and so they're needy. I'm trying to have meetings with our staff, and in the background I look and there's Joelle smiling like, hey guys, what's up, how's it going? And it's like, <laughs> you know, just just like patience, you know, and trying to be patient with my kids and love my wife, still be intentional with my wife, even though the kids are always around, trying to recreate a date night. What the heck does that look like when you, you can't go out to a restaurant? Like, how can Ashley and I have intentional time and so like i think the enemy's just coming at me with impatience frustration anger um those things and i think you know even in the same idea of relationships you take this outside of like human relationships with god i think there are there's some of me that's like god what are you doing like why Mm -hmm. are you bring why are you bringing this in why are you allowing churches not to gather uh you know just all these questions i have for god it's you know i might trust can be questioned in God. I, you know, I'm just being raw and honest. I think we're all kind of dealing with that is just like, okay, God, are you going to fix this? What's going on? What's happening? Like, Oh, you know, all of those things, the enemy is just whispering in my ear. God doesn't always doing, you know, why would God do this? And I think those are all just things that I'm, I'm dealing with personally. Is yours different than that, Aaron? Or no, I think you're, I think that's right on. I mean, um, Certainly the social stretching for me, there's a sense in which, um, I'm, I'm people oriented enough. I know you are too, but I, for some reason, this only having done this for seven days, I'm still a little bit in the honeymoon phase of it where I'm like, Oh, it's nice. I can just like pop downstairs and, um, you know, at the end of the day and here, here we are like, you know, no commute, whatever, like that's been kind of nice. I'm feeling it a little bit with work stuff in the sense of it's just a lot harder all of our systems and logistics are built around being able to like pop over to somebody's office and explain something or whatever. So I'm feeling it in just the frustration of like, another Google hangout, like just everything feels so slow yet. We're in a moment in our organization when we need agility and the ability to make quick decisions. So I'm just getting frustrated with like, this is not how it's supposed to work. Like I really like routine. And so everything related to my work life being so upended is where I'm feeling really frustrated. And honestly, I'm feeling the temptation of despair when I think about so many of my friends and connections that are stressed about finances in particular, Mm -hmm. um, at the moment that hasn't, you know, come home in the same way. Um, but like even just talking with my neighbors, like so many of them like operate restaurants or whatever. And they're just saying like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that begins to weigh on you of just like, man, this is scary. And so I think that's where I'm, I'm tempted a little bit toward despair and I'm tempted toward just frustration with the systems. Yeah. That's, I think that's one that's hit me too. Like obviously being, um, the lead pastor, like in the back of my head is like, okay, people are losing their jobs, finances of the church. We rely on the generosity of people and, you know, how long is this going to go on? And, and what does that look like for our church and our budget? You know, those are definitely scary things that cause doubt in my mind. It is, you know, am I going to have to make hard decisions? You know, all those things are just probably playing out in a lot of people's, uh, heads and hearts. So if that's how you're being tempted during this time, let's say that's the schemes of the enemy and that kind of a thing in our hearts, 
Um, what are you doing to push back? What scriptures are you going to? Um, how does scripture memory play a role in that? Talk to me about how you're turning the corner against that. Yeah, one, I'm reading my Bible every day. Um, and I'm in, mm. I'm in God's word, um, more actually, um, it's been really good. I read my Bible every morning, but I'm reading it just throughout the day. Cause it's, it's the temptation is that real. And I think that's the first place that I'm going to turn to is God's word, the truth to remind me of what is actually true. Um, you know, it's also been like a refreshing, um, just reminder for me is childlike faith. Man, Hmm. just talking to Joelle, she's five years old and, you know, just kind of walking her through what's going on. And, and, you know, she says some of the most biblically sound things like, dad, why are you worried? God's got this. And I'm like, just having a a child who kind of gets it, doesn't really get it, but the childlike faith where she's just like, dad, you don't have to fear. God's got it. Which she's literally like, what's your favorite verse, daddy? Joshua one nine. Have I not command you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Cause God is with you. I'm like, bro, she just took you to school. I'm, I'm seriously like, why am I preaching? You should be preaching girl. Like, come oh, on. Awesome. And you know, I just, I think that's another thing. Like kids just, don't know real life and they kind of remind you the truth that you obviously are ignoring sometimes. And so I'm praying my kids, my family, I'm memorizing scripture. My kids do Awana. So we're memorizing scripture with them. So there's just a little bit of all of those things that are really helping me kind of push back against the enemy. I love it. That's really helpful. Uh, Do you feel like scripture memory, like, do you have any favorites that you go to throughout your life that you feel like have been helpful or, you know, how do you pursue that rhythm of scripture memory? Because obviously Jesus draws on scripture against the enemy and we can say, okay, he's God, he knows all things, but in his humanity, he had to have taken time to know those verses. Like he didn't have the scroll of the old Testament with him. So he had to memorize scripture. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I love memorizing gospel passages. So I think if you're looking for a great place to start, the Romans road is a great place. Just reminding us of the gospel. I think John three sixteen. some of you already know this. Um, my favorite verse in all scriptures, Joshua one, nine. Um, it's again, God's not going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always there. You don't have to be afraid. Um, I, I think you can pick any passage and memorize it. I think the fact that you are going after it, I think Psalms one nineteen, uh, the one I had in this weekend is a great place to start. You know, when we hide God's word in our heart, we won't sin against you. Memorize that. But honestly, it's not going to hurt you to memorize any passage in the Bible. Um, But I I look towards gospel. The Romans road's a great place to start. Um, And some of those ones are the ones I've been kind of looking at. That's great. Are you a uh, read it every day out loud couple times a day to memorize it? Or are you, what, what, do you have a system there? I don't, I don't know that I've got a great one. I just wondered kind of how you approach it. So I am like memorizing things is actually, I think one of my, like, I, I just have a gift where I'm able to memorize things. Maybe it's cause I do it you know, every, every single week I'm memorizing a 30 minute talk. You, you flex that muscle every single week in a way that most people don't have to. Yeah. So I think repetition is the best thing. Just read it, read it again read it out loud, read the first section, read the first section, read the first section, read the first section in the second section, read the first section in the second section, like just that repetition of reading it and let it ingrain. And that's what I do with sermon prep. I go over it. I do the intro, I do the intro and then I do the intro and then the transition. And I think just reading it over and over again, am I getting annoying yet? Because that's what repetition, repetition's annoying, (laughs) but it's how you memorize things. I love it. 
So here's, let me give one piece of pushback as we're getting near the end here. Um, I, we, we've talked about this. You and I um, have gone back and forth even about this a little bit as we prep or think things through and even just in the differences in our personality. But when we talk about the devil and the enemy uh, bringing you know, temptation against us, I'm always wondering, is it really the enemy every time I'm tempted? Like, is it actually the devil himself? Um, especially because when we think about scriptures that like in James, where it says that we are actually drawn away by our own desires and enticed by sin. Um, so talk to me about that. Is it always him? I know Peter says to be vigilant. He's like a roaring lion, but like, is he omnipresent? Is every single believer getting tempted by him at the same time? How does that work? Yeah. So I think it's, that's about 400 questions. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think to answer your first question, I think it's both. Um, I think you are you battle your own sinful desires. Um, we call that the flesh, and so our n- natural sin nature is just prone to sin, and so we don't need a push to sin. It just comes natural for us, and so that's why we have to renew our mind. Um, but I also think the, the devil is is not omnipresent, so he's not everywhere. But he has demons, thousands and millions of demons, always doing their work. And the Bible says we don't battle just flesh and blood, but we battle the principalities of evil. And so I think we battle, we have two battles, the battle of our sinful nature, which is really us battling ourselves to not sin. But then we also have the voice of the enemy in our ear or his demons in our ears, pushing us to sin. As we push back, they're going to keep to press down and in. And so I think, I think when I I, I think about the enemy, I think his tactic kind of looks like this. He's going to push you to sin and try to get you to step into your flesh and he's hoping your flesh keeps you there because it's constant desire after that. Then he'll leave you alone and go find somebody who's pushing back on him and try to get them into that flesh concept again. And so he uses our flesh against us. And so it's a, it's a both and battle. Sure. Uh, but even in what you just said, you said like, I think the devil, this or that. So are you saying the devil vicariously through his team or the devil himself? Like, are you feeling like, no, I I feel that like I actually have temptations from the devil in my life. I, I think the devil and his team. So it could be the the devil's demons. So he's got an army of demons that are going to tempt you and push you. I don't, I don't know who it is, when it is. How it works, all I know is he's going to send an army after you to, to, to get you to stumble. Um, yeah. So. And so I guess to help me, just to summarize that, I guess what I'm saying is often when you are using, when you're saying that, you know, what the enemy is going to do to you or what the devil does to you, what you are meaning in that is just him collectively, meaning the forces of evil in our world. That's exactly right. We just use okay. the term the enemy because he's the he's the mastermind behind all of the temptation. Yeah. And that always reminds me, of course, of the screw tape letters, which is a classic work by C.S. Lewis, yep. um, where he talks about it's this really kind of like mind bending thing because it's from the perspective of the bad guys, which is kind of an interesting thing. And they're attacking Christians. And so the enemy is actually God instead of Satan. It's a whole interesting read. If somebody wants to take the time to jump into that, um, it's a really fascinating perspective that I think has been encouraging to a lot of believers to understand the spiritual dynamic of our lives. Um, but Hey, look, we're running out of time, Drew. Thanks so much, uh, for this. And let just tell us what, what should we be expecting for, uh, this weekend with unfiltered Jesus? 
So we're going to dive into uh, the Good Samaritan. Uh, what I love about this story too, just to give you a quick highlight, is we're going to actually start looking outward in this pandemic. The last two weeks have been like, hey, let's look inward what we're dealing with. But this this kind of picture of Jesus shows us how even in these times, we can look out to help rather than in to get help. I love it. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you guys all on Sunday. Jump in that chat. Let us know that you're there. Be engaged in community groups. We got all kinds of stuff on social media. You can stay connected on our website. Uh, If you need anything, please let us know. We love you guys and we'll talk to you later.